use the force, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, going to the floor and buying stuff. Lots yeah. of stuff. <laughs> Star Wars got me through like the last two years of my life. Like it's such a huge part of who I am. You've never heard of the Millennium Fall? Should I have? It's a ship that made the Kessel Run less than 12 parsecs. Hey everyone, and welcome to Kessel Run Weekly. My name is Danny. I'm Cheyenne. I'm Anna. Excited you are here. So as of as of this episode coming out, uh, many people will actually be on their way, including us. Well, me and Anna. We're gonna sneak in. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I refuse to accept defeat. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we will actually be on the road to Chicago at that point, which is really really exciting. So everyone, please be safe. May the force be with you as you go up. And thank you for listening with us, guys. We're really excited. So I think tonight we're going to talk some celebration hype, right? Starting out? Yeah. Yeah. So who wants to start us off? I got you. Um, I, this is only my second celebration. So for those of you that haven't been on the website yet and have not read um, the small piece that is on there that I wrote about preparing for celebration, uh, it's very like minuscule compared to what my brain is doing <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to prepare. Um, but it's something that I celebration was my first convention ever um, here in Orlando. And then I did two mega cons after that. And so this is my, those have been my only, excuse me. Oh, and I went to dragon con once, but uh, besides the point um, celebration itself, like focusing in on star Wars and focusing. Cause that is my, main fandom if that's the right way to put it um i was not prepared to have a first cosplay done i was not prepared to travel out of state and i was honestly potentially going to be going by myself until my mom said that she would be willing to go with me um because she went to celebration with me in orlando in 2017 2017 yeah 2017 Mm -hmm. um so she went with me then, but that was like very spontaneous. I was still at home, um, like visiting her. So it was just very like we could go together. So to plan one as an individual and then to have to like backtrack and then plan it with my mom in mind and with this whole new setup of lotteries and things, I was just very like, I really got to, I got to do something. I can't just like, oh, I have my tickets and show up and go because that's just not who I am. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm so like I need to be prepared. Yeah, give um, us a glimpse into your preparation because I know you were talking about it a little bit before the show. Yeah, <laughs> I feel um, like way so, underprepared compared to you. No, 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 don't. I literally <laughs> typed it up in Word. Um, so I this basically less I, official. <laughs> well, and people kept posting their like Excel spreadsheets on the Facebook pages, and I was just like, oh, I just typed it in Word. <laughs> I made it into a table. So that's organized. There you go. So there's that. Um, But basically, like, I, so in my brain, I was like, hotel is done. Plane is done. My mom did all that hard stuff because that's annoying. (laughs) That stuff is (laughs) So she did the hotel, the plane, um, and then I did, okay, what mode of transportation are we going to take from the hotel to um, the convention center? 
we actually moved ourselves up to a different hotel. So now we're slightly closer than we were before. Um, so kind of just taking all of that into account, I was like, okay, great. Based on all of that timing, what's going on at Celebration that I need to do? So then I opened up the Celebration website once they actually put all the panels online. Um, and printed out, that was 24 sheets of paper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought, oh, I'll just print that and highlight what I'm going to. But the way that it printed out, it's like by day, by panel, or no, by day, by stage. Mm-hmm. In that, and I just wanted it by day, by time. Right. So then I, that's what I did is even though I printed all that out, I then went into Word and typed it up. So here's my time slot. Here's where it's at. Here's what it is. And then I opened up another column to put in alternative because what happens if I don't win the lottery for said panels? Mm-hmm. I need to, I want to have a backup plan, especially because I also have photo ops to plan around. Um, and then like, because I'm bringing all my photography equipment, I also have photo shoots to plan around. Um, so I just kind of was like bringing all of these things in my brain that were going to be happening and like put it on a piece of paper. <laughs> I'm floored and impressed all at the same time. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, just, I, in all honesty, I haven't packed. Um, I know of one photo op that I know for sure of, and I know of a couple panels I might want to hit. That's about it. Yeah. So I'm way underprepared, I guess. No. no, cause I'm also not packed and I have the panels laid out, but like, I also am like, am I going to be sad if I don't make it to this panel or would I rather be on the show floor? And I know that I'll feel better like being there and then knowing kind of like how much of the show floor have you actually gotten done? Because I'm, since I am only going for two days, that's been another like stressful thing because both me and my mom have to work and like, I only got the Thursday through Monday off because of travel time, because I wouldn't have been able to travel outside of those days and ask for more days because of work. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, so I only get to do two days. What am I going to hit in those two days? And it seems like a lot of the things that I want are Saturday, Sunday, instead of Friday, Saturday. Mm. Like there's still like a ton of things on Friday, Saturday. So I'm totally fine. But it's just like, things keep popping up and I'm like, Oh, I want to go to that. Oh, I want to go to that. Announcing things. Yeah, I'll just be at work. (laughs) Man, so you're cramming an entire celebration into two days. Yeah, an entire five-day celebration into two days. Shoving it in there. It's going to be great. This is me out thinking about it. (laughs) I'm like, no wonder. I understand now, like, even how you're planning it that way. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm having packed. I am like 80% there, but not there. So, but I did, um, I feel like last year, well, last year, not last time, there was a better organization when it comes to like the app. Cause yeah. that saved me. Cause I did last time I did print out the, um, the panels. Cause that was like my main thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I scheduled it in the app that you were able to schedule, like have your own calendar. Um, but this time they, the app is still showing Orlando, which I'm like, okay, guys, it's a week away. Get it together. I need this. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. I did see the panels that I, um, I did the lottery. And I'm just like, okay, let's see what happens. It's making me so anxious because I also feel like, man, you 
you paid money and you are having all those tickets, I give me at least one. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. if not, like I do enjoy it, like for me that like I tell people, this is my San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's only Star Wars, which is the most like. <laughs> you said my favorite fandom so i'm like i need something to validate the fact that i paid all the five day ticket <laughs> yeah absolutely well and did you guys see i think it was announced yesterday that they're <laughs> extending the op- yeah. the opening for the lottery and yeah. the exhibitor panel lottery and stuff like that and everything too because i yeah I, so for me it kind of makes me think okay not either one not enough people actually partook in the actually partake in the lottery or number two that people are only picking one thing and everyone's yeah. going for one thing instead of so all for, the uh, for me i didn't put the one for the parks because one of the things I hate spoilers, so I've actually haven't read or anything about the parks. Like I want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Like I only seen like pictures of like um, a couple of things. So um, I really don't like. I didn't put that one just to increase my chances with the other. I don't know if that will make any sense. Right. But just look, I'm not greedy. I, I, look, I won't like, take that one. The Rebels and the Mandalorian and Episode Nine, and I'm good. Like. Yeah. So. See, and for me, the only being there Friday, Saturday, those are the only two that I could put in was Galaxy's Edge and Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like one other on Saturday, maybe that might be in there. Okay. But like, those are the only two I could put in. And I really like if I win Galaxy's Edge, I'm going. But I also, it wasn't really one that I wanted to, I necessarily like was dying to go to just because I'm going on opening day of Galaxy's Edge. I don't know if I already told you guys about this, but I got a hotel they announced the date and i called my mom and was like hey i'm getting a hotel <laughs> and she goes oh okay you can put it on this card and i was like okay great um, and like oh i miss those days right. yeah and um so i like called her and i said that and she was like great we're gonna do it we're gonna be there because we'll be in a hotel room we get um early ma- or extra magic hours i just see chaos 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 yep absolutely so- um, but back to celebration. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, one week away or a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very. It's coming up so fast. Like I bought new luggage for this, <laughs> mostly because I didn't have any. So I was like, I'm getting a full suitcase. I'm putting a cosplay in it. I'm putting so many clothes in it. I've got shoes. Everything needs to fit in this one bag because I'm only going for two days. But then just like all these things are in my mind and I'm like should I start packing people are starting to pack and I'm like I don't I use the clothes that I'm bringing <laughs> like you can't pack those yet you're, you're not just gonna cosplay all the days and that's just I know. Your clothes? like that, that's not I, no. <laughs> I wish I could <laughs> so but, what are you so what are you guys most excited for for celebration I'll let you take this one, Anna. <laughs> I am so excited about, well, aside from the panels, if we get in, mm-hmm. like, I'm just excited because I feel like this year I know and I talk to way more people through Instagram that are like, like the Star Wars community. So I'm like really excited about that because I've met so many cool people online like you guys. And to meet you guys in person, that will be like highlights of my day so i think that i'm looking forward to that and to run into feloni oh, 
like just like let's go <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah that's what i'm excited about see i can just I see that it. happening <laughs> you literally run into Filoni. oh i'm sorry <laughs> you know what we can be friends come on come on <laughs> yeah so that's what i'm really 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 excited about yeah i'm a little sad that i let you go first now because i was gonna say the same I was gonna say the same. I'm saying the same thing along the same lines of I'm excited to meet people. Like for me, before I didn't really know what conventions were. I didn't know really what to do at MegaCon. I just well, my first MegaCon, I volunteered. I was a volunteer. Um, I didn't go. I was just there. That's how I met Ray Park for the first time. Um, and I made a really good convention connection and I love him and I don't know if he would want me to shout him out. So I'm not going to say anything, but he's a really great person and he's like been in the 501st forever. Um, but like outside of him and you guys, like, and you guys are internet friends, Danny, we've met, mm -hmm. we have. but like, I'm excited to meet more people like going to the photo shoots. Okay. I'm so pumped like to just go um, the one of the, the Kira photo shoot. I'm excited to be a part of it and to take pictures of 501st members and rebel Legion members. Um, and like, there's a photographer already on the Facebook page who has like reached out to me and made sure to like, Hey, there's this shoot at this day. Do you want to come That's with awesome. me? Like, yes. That's cool. Bring it on. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so pumped to just meet people and hang out with fellow fans. Oh, definitely. And and I share the same excitement. I and I, I feel like I've said this the last few times we've talked about celebration. Like that's most of the fun for me is getting to meet new people. Which is funny because last celebration I wasn't really into that. <laughs> it was yeah. like I didn't know anybody. And and I told the story. My my uncle kind of like, hey, hey, I go talk to this random people and everything because that's I mean celebration uh, in Orlando was where Kessel Run Weekly was born. So I was like, oh, go, go interview this random person. Go, in, go, go talk to this stranger. And I was just like, eh, I don't want to. <laughs> like, it was it was nerve-wracking. But, like, now I'm like, I want to know all the people. I want to see all yeah. the people. I want to talk to you guys. Because, I mean, like you guys said, we, we talked back and forth all day long, all the time, through Instagram. Um, not so much Twitter. <laughs> I kind of stay away from Twitter personally, <laughs> but uh, from Instagram, Facebook, and everything, and it's just it's just awesome. And I would love to be able to be like, "Hey, thank you." Uh, it's it's awesome to finally meet you and everything. Um, in addition to that, though, I, I'm I think I'm most excited for, and this is not an intentional segue, but <laughs> I'm actually most excited for the 20th anniversary Phantom Menace panel. I'm very very excited about that. That uh, Clone Wars. And uh, the episode nine one, obviously. Um, not that I'm any less excited for Mandalorian or Resistance, but I mean, come on. <laughs> You're putting your force like to the lotteries, and it's like, okay, this one's and then that, but I'm still so excited about everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that was a beautiful segue. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> it was not intentional, but as I was saying it, I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, but no. Um, I'm definitely excited for celebration. I cannot wait. And to think that when this episode drops, I will be on the road to celebration. I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It'll be amazing. And like, 
it'll be funny because I'm sure me and my mom will be on the plane and then she'll probably be listening to it because she'll text me after she listens to the episodes that I'm in. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, mom, <laughs> don't tell me about it. I don't like the sound of my voice. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Enjoy the content. <laughs> he was trained in the Jedi arts. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. Impossible. The Sith have been extinct for a millennium. I do not believe the Sith could have returned without us knowing. Ah, hard to see the dark side is. We will use all our resources to unravel this mystery. We will discover the identity of your attacker. May the Force be with you. Master Qui-Gon, more to say of you? With your permission, my master, I have encountered a virgins in the Force. A virgins, you say? Located around a person? A boy. I, just to like lay it all out on the table, I love the Phantom Menace. I said it. Don't at me. It's not my favorite prequel, but it's, I mean, there's only three, but it's my second favorite prequel. So It's pretty high on the list. It's high on the list. Hello. <laughs> Um, I think that it gets a lot of flack for things that it doesn't deserve to get flack for, mm -hmm. um, because it was the first of its kind, if that makes sense. Do you guys get what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, first of its kind, and it brought a lot to the table of George Lucas being a director, um, and people saying that they wanted that, and then they got it, and then happy or not about it, it mm -hmm. happened, and it was great to me, in my opinion. Um, and I know that, I guess this would help us lead the conversation. I could talk about Phantom Menace all day without having to do this, but because I talked about thoughts and comments, um, <laughs> I know that we all asked our friends to tell us their thoughts and yes. favorite parts or least favorite parts mm -hmm. of Phantom Menace and what they were. So I don't know if you guys have that all queued up, um, but I do, if you want, I have a few um, I can start us off. Sure. Go ahead. I had funny answers, like, to, I wrote, tell me your thoughts about The Phantom Menace, and just because I wanted generic things. Um, and my friend literally goes, sand is coarse and irritating. I just need everybody to be aware that that is a fact that has been made. And if you didn't already know, I'm sorry, you know now. Um, but on more, like, real notes, um, my friend did mention, so he said... Darth Maul went out like a punk. <laughs> and I I do I disagree mm -hmm. to a certain extent. I think the Duel of the Fates I I would say that like categorizing the whole scene, Duel of the Fates was one of the if not the best thing, one of the best things to come from that film because and this story has been heard so many times, so I'm not going to repeat it, but Darth Maul became my favorite thing. I almost said human. He's not a human. Darth Maul became my favorite character simply because he didn't say a word. And he was ready to throw down. And I love that. <laughs> and I think that spoke a lot to, like, what's the right words? Where this trilogy was going mm -hmm. in... Um, in light of the Clone Wars. It's like, this is just the beginning. You have no idea what's about to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And then that also plays into the title being the Phantom Menace, because I've had people talk to me about like one of my friends that just got into Star Wars. She goes, who is the Phantom Menace? And I was like, well, <laughs> we like sat down and have a had a real conversation about the options of the Phantom Menace. And it was just really funny. And I think that 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 for me is like a pivotal scene. And then when that when my friend said that answered the question that way, I was like, well, Yes and no. Like he he kind of did. Like it was sad that that's the way that he went out. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of like the current, the present day, like Phasma. That was her death. Like what do we do now? Um, and he also he met, he did mention he's like I'm glad that they brought him back in animation, and me too. Um, but yeah, I mean, Phantom Menace to me set everything up very well. Mm-hmm. I think as a whole, if I had to summarize how I feel about the film. And I wanted to propose, because, I mean, you know how I am with my theories. Um, I actually started thinking about this uh, last week, Anna, when we were talking Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, So, obviously, Obi-Wan killed, in quotations, (laughs) killed Darth Maul. um, Was the first Sith to be killed in a thousand years, to be seen in a thousand years. Did you, do you guys think that Palpatine intended it for it to go the way that it did? for Maul to lose his life? For sure. You yes. think so? So he yeah. was the, the scapegoat that was, wasn't going to survive anyways? Yeah, I think so. I think... Uh, I think that he... I don't... I, God, I hate bringing stuff like this up because it's like, it doesn't matter anymore. But like I read in Darth Plagueis. Okay. I think, yes. Um, about the rule of two... And, um, like, what a Sith apprentice, a Sith apprentice's role is. And it's either, like, death or taking over. Mm-hmm. It's, like, death or, or um, kill or be killed, basically. Um, and that is very relevant to Darth Maul's whole role in the film, I think. Mm-hmm. So. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I feel like Palpatine is one of the best evil villains in the world. Like, hands down. And once, I mean, bringing up a little bit of the animations, we see how he never respected Maul. Mm-hmm. And like, even in the movies, he says like a very different, like body language and misdemeanor when it comes to Maul compared to other like Sith or even Anakin um, or Vader. Um, so I feel like he always had him like, here, go stir something up. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Let's just yeah. put it out there. And I know, like, Palpatine is such a smart villain that he was like, you know what? He's looking for companionship, and I'm just going to kill him how he it's going to hurt the most. And yeah. I know it's going to bring some stuff up with Qui-Gon, who I feel like he probably maybe knew that Qui-Gon was a little bit, don't want to call it gray, but, like, a little bit more rebel side um, when it comes to Jedis. So, for sure, I think that Palpatine used that on purpose. Okay. Oh, and I can see that for sure because with Maul, I mean, at least the way he it finally actually plays out, he's kind of just the weapon, the blunt instrument that's thrown at the Jedi and everything to scare them. Like, oh man, this boogeyman just came out of the shadows. Um, but I mean, it, I was kind of watching different clips from Phantom Menace and everything, and it just made me think that the the part where Maul is sent to Tatooine to kill. Anakin and the Qui-Gon and all of them and he actually takes a swipe at Anakin but Anakin drops and it was almost like at that point I wonder if Palpatine was like yeah you know what yeah plan B let's go <laughs> it's like you couldn't kill a kid dude that you, you could that's true 
Yeah, and I wonder if because he takes the swipe and misses. Oh God, this is me getting real deep in here. Let's do it. Does Palpatine know? Like, is that Palpatine's test for Anakin and not for Maul? Hmm. That's what I've always thought too. Like, oh, maybe this kid is the real deal. Let yeah. me let I, me look at it. Yeah, and I don't know. I didn't read. It's the comic, right? That says like Palpatine created him. Yeah, you Vader. Know, kind of. Yeah, the Vader okay. comics. Yeah. It's, yeah, I was it's gonna say, I haven't a read gray the- area, but yeah, it's like he put the darks. I don't know. It's very <laughs> the the it's- picture's pretty pretty self-explanatory yeah. but a lot of people are like oh no, the whole thing was a lie i'm like right. there's no way they just made an entire comic that would the entire thing was a lie i don't love it let's just leave it i was gonna say i don't i don't fully agree with that but i yes. feel like because of who he is and based on like me reading uh thrawn alliances like mm-hmm. palpatine's ability to feel things within the universe i know we I feel like everybody's fan knows that Palpatine knew when he was born. He had to have felt that, especially if Anakin is as pow- like was then as powerful as he could have been. There's a shift. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. he had to have felt all of that. And so like knowing, oh, well, now this kid's on the move and I have this guy who can go and either chop him up or I can see what this kid can do. Mm-hmm. And so like a combination of the two, testing both of them and seeing what happens next okay cool yeah i've just been dying to ask you guys that question since last week because my, my <laughs> mind has been reeling from the theory episodes we've had like two weeks in a row and i'm just like oh the, all the things <laughs> all the things <laughs> uh anna did you have any uh comments or anything like that that you wanted to share um so for me i had um very similar stuff like the dual fates which i can talk about forever um a lot of people mentioned that qui-gon deserved a little bit more time which i completely agree but at the same time i feel like it was also done on purpose um you know some people will hate on phantom menace i have some of those that i'm not even gonna read um (laughs) And then um, some are, well, two comments were about pod racers, which is, I love, like, that's one of the things that I love about the movie is the pod racers. So that's, that's everything summarized. We need more pod racing. (laughs) We really do. Because I really hope that Resistance would kind of scratch that itch for a different way of saying that. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I don't know. In the end, it did. I mean, it started kind of amping up and, and all that kind of stuff, but like the pod racing, just seeing that on screen, like even now, like I think I saw somebody comment one time that the, it was too long or there was an extended cut of it that it was too long or whatever. And I'm like, it could never be too long. I want all of it all the time. So good. <laughs> I thought they were going to show it in Rebels. I was waiting for it, them to That's show awesome. it in Rebels. But... Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and you got to think that, I mean, there's no way that pod racing just all, all of a sudden was outlawed. Like, oh, exactly. I mean, it was run by the huts. So. Yeah. No, not even a little. And like I, that was one of my favorite games growing up. This pod mm-hmm. racing game. And every time I watched that scene or every time I played one of those games, I was so excited. I was like, in this, this is what Star Wars is about. I want to feel excited. I want to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that also is another thing that like I, I think my, my theme in my brain is how the Phantom Menace set up the prequel trilogy. Um, 
just because like that's a lot of like when people talk to me about it they're like oh but like it could have been done this way it could have been done this way about how it set up the rest of them mm-hmm. um like okay. for instance with um Anakin potentially supposed I think he was supposed to be 12 instead of nine mm-hmm. yeah or something I don't know he's supposed to be older and people are like oh and then they talk about what could have been and it's like that's great talk about what could have been but don't tell me the pot racing is dumb because it's it's so fun. And it is definitely, it's like for me, duel of the fates, pot racing, Mm -hmm. like number one and number two, without a doubt in my mind. Um, And I, for like one thing that I wish would have happened is I wish we would have seen some form of, and correct me if I'm wrong, some form of force use from Anakin. Mm. Like, he like you can't really tell like i'm sure the force was there and helping him like he's just like reaching out of his pod trying to get his thingy back (laughs) he uses his mind and like gets a magnet that's great um but and that i mean it speaks a lot to his skill i mean (laughs) since the force wasn't there doing everything for him Mm -hmm. but i think it would have been really cool for us to just kind of see like a snippet and then like oh this is what's up here we go. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, but like in all honesty, I kind of feel like it may have may have been a little heavy handed if they did though, because it was like this kid who has this force ability and now he uses the force, but like it almost kind of and it kind of makes me think of uh, not discounting what you were saying. I apologize, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it kind of makes me think of how like. Um, how they ended the last Jedi. And I know that's another favorite of everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. How they ended the last Jedi with, um, the, the broom boy. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it kind of made it to where it was like the forces for everyone, um, that it can be for anyone and that it doesn't necessarily always have to look like force, pull, push kind of things like that. Um, in the last Jedi, it was the kids standing up to the slaver, and things like that. Uh, with Anakin, it was his quick reflexes. The way that mm-hmm. he could dissect how things work. And he just knew how it worked. And everything. Right. Just the different things like that. And so it, it kind of took it away from that fantastical ability to, mm-hmm. hey, this is skill. This is yeah, a ability gift. Is, more so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Go, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just saying, like, I think that my brain was is thinking that because of the fact that like that was the first one I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh okay, he's got this, he's great, he can do that. Like he can use his brain in that, yeah, like in that aspect. Like he's got good reflexes, he's smart, he can um mm-hmm. think on his feet. Um as far as like, yeah, solving the problem while he's fucking flying a pot. I'm sorry, you can bleep that out. <laughs> um but I just yeah, like I wanted, and not necessarily in like a like a force pull of anything. I don't really know how to describe what I'm imagining in my head, um, but basically, like some semblance of he. I don't want to get into like the oh god, what's the right word? Controversial topic of midi chlorians, but. <laughs> Let's but do like it. we're me, all about controversy and no, i'm just kidding. yeah i'm like for me midichlorians didn't mean anything i was just like yeah. okay cool i got midichlorians yeah. i didn't know it was a big deal <laughs> like yeah. and so for me that was what i had always told myself like oh it's because of the midichlorians like we didn't have to see his force use because it's just like inside of him 
It is. And then obviously, yeah. And then obviously I like learned all of these things as life goes on um, and saw all the other films, but just to, yeah, just to think about what could have happened. Was it, and it would have been too soon. I, I agree with that entirely. Like it would have been too soon for us to see something like that. Mm. Like we just needed to establish his regular abilities, not necessarily knowing that it was the force the whole time until yeah. they were like, Oh, it's the force. <laughs> Well, in Seattle. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see it. It's funny. It's cool how we see it differently because I see it in two ways. So I see it as a person that has watched like the original trilogy. Well, episode four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it as them showing us like this was just a regular kid living a regular life. And mm-hmm. then he didn't even notice how special he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a psychological point of view, I was like, this is just a kid that probably thought he was going to get in trouble for if he showed everything and knowing his love and bond for his mother that he knew was his slave. He was like, let me not get in trouble. And I'm not even going to because I feel like there was a part of him that he knew that he had some special abilities. And he probably like like any kid, like tested something out. And he was like, oh, my God, I can't. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm going to keep it a secret. So that's how I've always seen it as like Anakin, because I see all my kids are when they get in trouble, their reactions. And I'm like, yeah, I think Anakin was just hiding it to not get in trouble. So we didn't do it as well. Yeah, because if you think about like what while he was building C-3PO, if he like went to grab a wrench and instead of grabbing it, it came to his hand. And one day he was like, oh, oh, my God. Like you just like think about that small thing that probably did happen to him. And he was like, I don't know what this is and I don't know what to do about it. So I'm just not going to talk about it. Yeah. And his ability to fly. I mean, at that age, like you're not supposed to be flying this pod racer like this. So I feel like he wasn't as skill as a pilot i feel like he was using the force right there mm-hmm. oh absolutely it, it made me think of something too because uh and actually you you brought up when, when you were talking about how he was like oh i'd probably hide it or what or whatnot so it reminded me of ray because with ray she was like something inside of me has awakened and i don't know what it is and she was terrified of it and she's like what is happening to me all this other kind of stuff and it can it was just a part of his life it's just who he was and he was like i'm special cool all right whatever <laughs> um and, and it's cool seeing his journey from going from a kid who didn't care that he was special that it was it, he wanted to do the right thing and to help the people and to make the galaxy a better place because just like his mom said that people don't help each other enough and that's what's wrong <laughs> with the galaxy and i love when he throws that back at her she literally just goes hmm <laughs> <laughs> um but he goes from this kid that it's it's all about love and and helping your neighbor and and being kind to others to in the end the power consumes him and and everything about him becomes this power he finds his identity in it where previously he didn't i just feel like that's an interesting yeah absolutely and the the upbringings he had is the reason why one of my favorite characters is Vader because his redemption story for me is everything. Mm-hmm. Like from seeing him, like from his humble beginnings, slavery, seeing so much compassion from his mom, even though she was in the worst of situations, 
all the way to finding love and then becoming Vader and then going back to not killing the sun. It's, I feel like that's why it's so important for the Phantom Menace to show us who this kid was. And he's so innocent. And he's just there, like, looking at the good side, even though he's just in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, it's, it's everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's living proof that the the whole story of Star Wars and, and kind of how we discussed last week, it's it's all a series of choices. He could have made a different decision somewhere down the line that would completely change the course of his entire life. And he made those decisions. He made those decisions where it was like, hey, yeah, I'm going to he could have said, I'm going to do the right thing and actually turned in Palpatine and let the whole process happen and let it go or even let Mace kill him, even though Mace was wrong in that moment. (laughs) I get the purpose, but still. (laughs) Uh, But he, he. it was just literally his life was made up of a series of choices that were presented in front of him and he chose poorly or someone took advantage of those, which makes Mm -hmm. me look at Palpatine even harder to be like, dang, you're a mastermind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, for me, um, God, Palpatine is a lot (laughs) for me because, and because I do, from a, like, cinematic and writing perspective, I absolutely see that he is the best villain. One of the, if not the best villain ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because of, in his specific, in Star Wars universe, his abilities and his thought process and things like that are just unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and very villainous, if you will. Um, but... <laughs> I just wish, and I know that this is a dumb wish, but I just wish that where Anakin was from Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith not only was, like, personal growth the way that it was, um, but, and, like, I mean, obviously there was force growth within him. Like, he Mm -hmm. was a knight, officially, I guess, by the end. Yeah. Um... Yeah, not a master yet, but a knight. And I just wish that... I know that his whole point is that he had clouded judgment. I'm trying to find the words, and I'm sorry. I'm just... (laughs) But I know that his whole point was that he had clouded judgment from a lot of different things going on within him, but I wish that he would have felt something that made him not do something. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, he felt that he had to take action at every moment. And I know that that Mm. had a lot to do with his Phantom Menace things. That's kind of where I'm going with this. Everything that he did after the Phantom Menace was because of things that happened in it. So it's almost like there there wasn't an answer. He was the answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he didn't want to look to anybody else Mm -hmm. for anything. He wanted to solve all the problems. I get that. I am like that. (laughs) But (laughs) I also don't have the force and I don't kill people. So there's a little bit of... um, Yeah, I just, I think that I wish that he would have thought more about it, about his past, to affect his future, if that makes sense. Like, he thought so much about his mom, which is great. Think about your mom. Use your motivation. But also think about, like, you as a human using these things that were given to you and then utilize them in the future. And I just Mm -hmm. don't think that happened all that often. Oh, no. no. (laughs) He he was very consumed with the moment and the feeling uh, yes. because he never really dealt with anything because with the Jedi, they always taught him 
just just don't let your emotions control you just suppress them just don't don't give in to your emotions and things like that when it was like okay this is deeper than an emotion this is this is happening like this happened and i can't deal and Mm -hmm. it became unhealthy and it turned him to what he was so yeah yeah and i know like yeah like you talking about vader's arc and like it's very important it's the reason for the story um and it's it wouldn't have happened based on the choices that we were just talking about and it's just like maybe it would have and other events wouldn't have occurred the way that they did mm-hmm. and then ultimately he just maybe would have still ended up as vader but the choices and the events maybe would have happened a little bit differently i just like to think about the different oh, it's almost like awesome. thinking about the flash with the different timelines and the different hurts <laughs> and i'm just like what would have happened if this happened and then he still ended up being vader like i don't know but <laughs> this is where my brain's at and that's why i can't form a complete sentence tonight so <laughs> I feel like it was uh, because of his upbringing. Like it's different because he was not a Jedi from the beginning. That's why we have Mace Windu and all the other ones were like, "Oh no, he's too old." Because he has a mindset. Like talking in psychological terms, you you have personalities that by the age nine to twelve, you know, Mm -hmm. as the average. So even if you see the movies or the books, like he's in that age where his personality is set. So he was always brought up to be the man of the house, even though he was the little child. So even if you were teaching him, like, hey, no, we're we're good. we don't care about those emotions. What do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I need to take care of my mom, whether I'm a galaxies far away or not to be corny, but or like right now. So I feel like because he was brought up differently is the reason why he did not know how to handle somebody telling him, like, you need to not care about your mom and just like leave everything. Like, oh, I can't do it. And because of that, like. Like, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. It's great. That anger became like passion and just like, ah, exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Danny, did you have any comments you wanted to talk about? Um, As far as Anakin goes, uh, I completely agree with both of you on all of that. I could talk hours and hours and hours on Anakin, the possibilities of Anakin, everything. Like, it's my favorite thing. One of my favorite things to talk about with Star Wars. Um. But I did want to actually talk about one thing, if you guys are good with me changing gears here. Um, so so one thing that has always been at the forefront of the Phantom Menace, when I think about the Phantom Menace, is, is how it made me feel when it came out. Um, because regardless of the hate that it got from whoever, the, the true fans and all this other kind <laughs> of stuff, um, regardless of all the flack that it took, it was the first it was the entry into the star wars universe for a lot of people and a lot of kids and everything and you hear those people that were there in 1977 with uh with star wars and and how they felt and how many times they saw it and how exciting it was and how it was the thing and then you've got like for for us that was the first movie for us that was the one that we got to see in the in the theaters and so that was the experience and everything, and I feel like you never forget that. And so I wanted to talk with you guys about how how did Phantom Menace make you feel? Like, what are your Phantom Menace stories? I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a deep question for me. Um, to be fair, I was real young. Um, I was four, no. maybe. <laughs> so four-year-old feelings, I was like, yeah! (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> I remember that feeling distinctly. Um, but as when I think back as an adult onto those four-year-old feelings um, and then watching it now, it makes me feel, I don't I can't even think of a word. Um, not necessarily nostalgic, not that word. It makes me feel like goofy. Okay. Um, it makes me feel like I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. And this is also going to sound really cheesy, but like, it's just the beginning. Cheesy because it's the first one. I know. I get it. My bad. But it like, that's how it makes me feel. It's like, there's more to this mm-hmm. and I want more. Give me more. Let me watch more. Let me learn and see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, and the reason that I point that feeling out, not only because it answers your question, but also because a lot of the conversation that I have is I didn't want to watch the second one. And it's like, really? Because I did. I wanted to know what was going to happen. Like, I can't just see this little boy going to the Jedi Academy. Like, nothing else is going to happen. Like, what do you mean? So, yeah, right? The end. He's there forever. Bye. Um, Like, so that was a big feeling for me is, like, wanting more and and having fun. Mm -hmm. Anna? For me, I one of my first memories ever thinking, because, yeah, I was young, but I remember is the music, man. That music, that soundtrack, I couldn't wait to get the soundtrack CD style. Um, So I love, like, that's one of the things I remember is just, like, the music from um, the Duel of Fates and that battle. Because one of my favorite things about movies is, like, fight scenes. I love them. I, like, study them. Like, I break them down. And for me, watching the Duel of Fates was, like, what is this? Like, yeah, I loved it. And I have seen Star Wars before. And we didn't get those fights with four or five, six. So for me, that one and the acrobatic movements and everything, I was just like blown away. I'm like, man, we finally see like a real Jedi Sith fight. So that was like my first memory. I loved, I loved um, Darth Maul. I thought he looked super cool. And like, I love Qui-Gon and, you know, your focus determines your reality. It's like my, one of my favorite quotes from Star Wars. So um, those are like what I remember. And um, looking at back as an adult, I still loved it. Obviously, I see that it's more of a childish movie compared to like the other ones that I've seen and that I like more. But I still really enjoyed it. And I still feel like, okay, this was a good, like you said, beginning point to like what the arc and the story is mm-hmm. going to unfold. And then to find the cartoons kind of like putting like those puzzle pieces together was like... It made it even better. It made it like going back to rewatch it again and seeing those little details like, oh, look at Palpatine or look at this or look at that. So that's what I gather from the movie. Oh, How about cool. you? For me, so in, I guess Phantom Menace was just kind of an experience for me altogether because I had seen four, five and six before that. I was just excited to see, oh man, they're going back and doing the very first one and everything. And I get, and you get to see that story, but a lot of my memories around the Phantom Menace actually are not of the movie itself. I do have some for it, but it's more of 
going and hunting for the Darth Maul uh, figures and everything that it was really hard to find. Everybody wanted Darth Maul before the movie came out. Going to go hunt for those with my dad. Uh, going to Taco Bell and getting the the cup toppers and and stuff like that. Or I don't know who had it, but the the Darth Maul toy that uh, was on the little zip thing where he was on his bike. And it would go and everything like all that kind of stuff and getting to share that with my siblings and with my dad and my mom and and everything. And just as a family, getting that Star Wars moment, you know, and I think that's a lot of what Phantom Menace did for me is that not only was not only did I love the story growing up, um, I never had a problem with it. And even even looking back on it older there are moments where I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a little a much, but okay, <laughs> it's like I can see where somebody could get annoyed at that. I, it's never incited a visceral reaction in me to where I'm like, you've ruined my Star Wars or anything like that. Uh, but it, at the same time, like, it's just it's it's a an experience and a moment in my life that I'm never gonna forget because I remember being in the theater looking up at Darth Maul and it, Darth Maul and Obi Wan going at it like full on going at it. And just being in all the pod races, the 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 Naboo starships, um, just all of it, uh, laughing hysterically at Jar Jar and everything. It's just there's just a whole time period right there in my life where it's just like it was engrossed in Phantom Menace, and and I love that. I love every second of that. Like that, it makes the movie special to me. In all honesty, yeah, it's definitely something that I think taken for granted is the phrase that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I agree, like as an adult, when I watched all the films and, um, I saw everything by my early teens, I think like original trilogy and prequel trilogy. Um, I like had done my whole star Wars research and that was when I really became a fan, um, was when I saw all of them. But even then, prequels were still my frame my favorite because it was fun and exciting and i don't I, i'm pretty sure i told i've don't think i've told you guys this before but basically and i'm sorry um for anybody listening that's an original trilogy fan or like original fan but like when i first saw the original trilogy i was like oh this is like blurry and old <laughs> <laughs> Offended. I just I remember I remember saying that to my dad and being like, Do I have to watch these? <laughs> he goes, Yeah, it's the story. <laughs> um and like I enjoyed them, but I was just very like hesitant because it wasn't the HD of of the two thousands. Um <laughs> quality that I was used to and like special effects that I was used to. So like spoiled snotty nose Cheyenne was like I don't know well and, and it's funny that you mentioned that though because Kristen had kind of the same experience when I was trying to get her into them for the first time the movie that got her into it was Revenge of the Sith and not the whole movie the very end she walked in <laughs> on my dad watching it in the living room and she sat there and was glued to it the whole you are my brother Anakin all of that and oh that's God. where she was like I need to know yeah. how this happens how we get to this point, like I need to know all the story. Um, yeah, but well. I tried having her on the original ones, and she was like, "These are kind of old, though. These are grainy." <laughs> like, <laughs> I know it hurt me too, Anna. It hurt me too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just remember. I remember that feeling, and then like, yeah, I think that that's why Phantom Menace kind of gets pushed aside because they're like, "Oh, it was just to bring it in," and it's like, "Yeah, but it's to bring it in. Mm -hmm. We gotta bring it in." <laughs> 
<laughs> like bring it together. Yeah. And it's just great. And I think that that's, and that's just like a whole broad topic too. I don't even want to mention if I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we'll and continue with the conversation too, because I mean, you mentioned about special effects and just all the stuff that you were used to of the time, and and with Phantom Menace, what George Lucas did with it, I mean, it pioneered a lot of things for CGI for the CGI that we have today, and that's why I feel like a lot of, I mean, even if you're not into Jar Jar Binks or any of the other elements of the story, if you're if you're a, a lover of movies in any capacity, what they did was impressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether it was, I mean, it, it's never bothered me that it was like, oh, it's all green screen, da da da. And it's a different time. Let let it be shiny. It's perfectly yeah. fine with me. But it led to movies just like Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's like the same technology. And like, and it was created by George Lucas. I think I just recently watched. Uh, I think it's Disney. It's a documentary on Netflix that they show like uh, the creation of animation. I think something oh, like that. And it's all like. Uh, I'll send you guys the link because I don't remember the name now. But it all comes down to showing George Lucas. And it's like, yeah, because he created such an impressive world, even from like originals to like putting things with clay or like little figures to like now this big screen. And like mm-hmm. it created like a beautiful lightsaber fighting because yes, they did everything like they were fighting themselves, but creating that light because even if you guys have any lightsabers of your own, that light doesn't show up like that or like fast or all the motions or like the CGI, I never had a problem with. So I thought it was so cool. I thought it was like, okay, we need to get the futuristic Star Wars look into it. And now you have the technology, why not? Because yeah. I always thought, like, what about Luke's uncle and aunt? Like, she looks like she's in the 70s. Like, her fact, yeah. like, it didn't look so futuristic as it did now with, like, Padme and all her, like, dresses and everything. And, like, it was just amazing. Oh, right. Absolutely. And in, in, in among all that, though, I mean, and, th- and this is my segue into Jar Jar. <laughs> um, <laughs> among all that, though, I mean, Ahmed, Be- Ahmed Best was a mocap character before there were mocap characters. Um, and I, what he, the work he did just goes unnoticed and, and I hate that. And I'm so, so freaking excited that he's going to be at celebration. <laughs> um, cause he's my favorite. I, and I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. I, as a kid, I was going around doing the Jar Jar voice. I, I, I loved, I loved Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. It happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, my mom still says me there you go there you go <laughs> absolutely um but i mean you can't deny jar jar so i, I wanted to, i wanted to ask your favorite jar jar moments oh my god you got, you got and one. into the pot racer what's that now? when he puts his hand in the pot racer <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have a problem. Not a Jar Jar hater, and I noticed how like he wanted to create something for the kids. And if you guys haven't watched, um, I believe it's in all of the bonus features for Phantom Menace. But um, the way they created Jar Jar was pretty cool, Mm -hmm. and they were showing how he was supposed to be super evil looking. And I'm glad they didn't go that route because that was really creepy, all red and everything. Yeah, <laughs> so, I just love like, I, and I see it like when I um I have some of the kids that I work with that are into Star Wars and they love Jar Jar and I'm not gonna be like, no, you're not a fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> here, so it's just a comic 
something to bring even like kids together. Absolutely. Yeah, I for me, Jar Jar was also one of my favorites because like that's why my mom did the voice. I thought it was so funny. Oh. Um, and it is still funny. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. Like you just really have to be pessimistic to not laugh when he says something stupid. <laughs> like that's his whole character. Like that he's there to make you giggle mm-hmm. in the midst of chaos. He's there to create chaos when nothing's going wrong. Like it's it's just the character that he is and like for me I know like people didn't like the fact that he was that character like that that there was comedic relief and it's like yeah but it's comedic relief also for and for children. Right. And that was like a big thing and I also like yeah his him being a mocap character. I remember listening to I think I was listening to Blast Points podcast about um wow now I can't remember his name. Um but one of the producers with George Lucas and they had a conversation do we animate him or do we like, do we mocap him or do we put a mask in? Like, Mm -hmm. what are we doing? And he was like, no, let's do full mocap. Like put him in there, let Ahmed go and do his thing. Mm -hmm. And so like they had that conversation because they knew what time it was. They knew what they were doing with their innovation and whether or not it needed to be done right in that moment. And they went with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's so important to cinema and important to Star Wars. Um, and especially to George Lucas's life because he also got flack for these movies. And it's mm-hmm. like, first of all, he didn't deserve that because without him, we wouldn't have any of this. Exactly. Um, and people don't think before they speak, <laughs> um, by attacking him. But, um, with Jar Jar specifically, I really like, and this is probably an unpopular opinion too, but like, I really like that he was included in animation. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. Not that he wouldn't be, like, not that that would be unexpected. Um, but for the sake of, he was still comedic relief. And that sh- those shows are still geared towards children. Mm-hmm. We watch them, and yeah, there are dark moments. But, like, we watch them because we're fans. Generic fans aren't watching that, but they're letting their kids watch it. Mm-hmm. And he's in it, and he's funny, and he's still causing problems. And he still says Misa. <laughs> A lot. A lot. <laughs> um, and I just, yeah, I think that he was, I think that he was an important part of Phantom Menace because without him, it would have been serious the whole time and it would have been less exciting. And he really wasn't even in it all that much. Like, like focusing in on the main character. When you think about the story, like, you know, Jar Jar because he was an outlier, not because he was an important part of the story. Like I, cause my favorite Jar Jar moment, I know you said the pod race, which definitely up there. Um, <laughs> But I was <laughs> so dumb. I really love when he jumps into the water <laughs> and he does a full scream and front tuck into the water. And I'm like, yeah, that's, nice. that's what I it's, it's the extra that we need. <laughs> yeah, I really, really love that part. And it's so funny. And then when he freaks out with the fish mm-hmm. and he's just screaming and freaking out and Obi-Wan's like, can you chill? <laughs> <laughs> I love that whole thing. Definitely. Uh my my favorite moment actually it, it actually is both of y'all's the same too. <laughs> the the pod race moment where he well, it, it's the part where he gets his uh his tongue or his um, head stuck in the in the in the binders. He's like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just kinda like yeah. and everything. I, I I love that part. 
Um, but the one that's really close to it too, because now that I'm now that I'm older, I hate saying that because I feel like an old man. But <laughs> um, now now that I'm older, though, looking at these movies, I like that the message that each character gives and each one portrays. Because, like you said, he was the outlier. He was he was the outcast. He was literally cast out from his people. Like his people didn't even want him, and he had nowhere to go. And and I love when he meets Quagon for the first time and everything. It's like, oh, Mui Mui, I love you, <laughs> and and all that. And then um, he he's he, he asked him. I think Quagon asked him, "Is he brainless?" He's like, "Are you brainless?" And he's like, "I spake." And he's like, "Well, the ability to speak doesn't make one intelligent." And yes. he's like, dude. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> Like when he tells Jar Jar that, like the face Jar Jar has is kind of like, bruh. Okay, look, I'm gonna look past that, but <laughs> it, it oh. I, just, I love that moment because I love Qui Gon for one, and I never noticed it until rewatching the prequels how much of the 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 quotes of wisdom that I use daily come from just Qui Gon, <laughs> like the focus yeah. determines your reality, things like that. Yeah. Like I'm sure the people that work with me hate me, but. <laughs> Uh, but it's just all of that and the, the things that Jar Jar teaches you that you don't have to be the hero or something special or anything like that to to do something good to be there for somebody and he's there for them the whole time whether they want him to or not <laughs> he's there and he he helps in his own way he does what he can do and everything and I feel like that's special uh, to have that for kids in in any fan just coming into the series like you you can't i don't know I'm, i'll never understand why somebody could just hate jar jar i just yeah. i don't know maybe they just yeah. don't see it the way we do <laughs> no and if i think about if i think about the phantom menace without jar jar in it yeah. <laughs> it's it's trade route disputes. That's what it is. The whole thing. Yeah. And trade route disputes. It's literally just so like the whole time flatlining for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll still be fun. A pod race would still be fun. They wouldn't go into Gungan City, so that whole section's cut out. But, um, like, it would still be a good movie. Mm -hmm. It just wouldn't be, to me, mm -hmm. this is like the, the line that people always get, oh, it's not Star Wars. It wouldn't be Star Wars to me. It wouldn't. Like, and it, it, it needs to be, it needs to have something weird and silly. So Bulba was weird and silly. <laughs> He's a fantastic. monkey <laughs> alien. Like <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> yeah. And like, where does he come from? He's also weird. Like, <laughs> what do people want? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very excited to meet Ahmed. I, I really hope that because I haven't gotten my uh, photo signature, all that kind of stuff. I haven't gotten that yet. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that it's still available. I got um, mine. I think it is, but yeah. So I like, I got my like confirmation of like time mm -hmm. and, and like grouping number, I guess. I don't really know what any of that means. I have to look okay. into that, but I got all of that for mine. So I assume that maybe you probably, there might be more people going for yours or something, mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. that they just have to talk to like their people and figure it out. <laughs> Their people will call my people, yes. <laughs> who are consequently me. <laughs> I believe that's what will be the next step. Because, like, I got, like, we both got Peter Mayhew, mm -hmm. but you have a photo op with him. I have an autograph with him. I, th I think I have an autograph. 
Okay, I was gonna say I think it like, is an autograph. Yeah, yeah, because I got we're, we're that. But to, to get a picture, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and you know, sometimes at their booths they'll have a sign that says selfie, mm-hmm. and then the price next to it. Shoot, I'll pay you. <laughs> like if you don't get anything, like, yeah, it's like if you don't get anything signed, or hey, if you want a signature and a selfie, like this is the price you're paying. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm very pumped about it and everything. Um, I think we're out of time. So if we want to go ahead and do we have any final thoughts about the Phantom Menace? No, I think we covered it. Yeah. Go watch it. again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Go watch it again on the way to celebration. Watch it. Unless you're driving. Yeah. Don't do that. But <laughs> we're not advocating for that, but no, watch it. A million times over. It's it's fantastic. It I find something new in it every single time, and I love it yeah. so much. And the Obi Wan snark is the best. I, I love it's his so I love his dad jokes right out of the bat. Yeah, <laughs> negotiations I mean, were short. <laughs> really lines up his personality for everything. Honestly. Absolutely, really does. <laughs> and, um, and Ian McGregor is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love it. It's perfect. I really wish he was going. Me too. Why did I think I know, that's the one I'm always waiting for? Yeah, he's so busy. He's got a he's got a life. He's out here doing stuff. All these other people are like, "This is my life." Ewan McGregor's out here being Lumiere. Right. You know, he doesn't have time for us. <laughs> he's that kid who grew up and left. Yeah. yeah. You don't ever call. You don't ever come home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we could close the Phantom Menace part out by saying happy 20 years to everybody that was yeah. Happy 20 years. Thank you for everything that you guys did for Phantom Menace. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's fantastic. It really kicked off my fandom um, for Star Wars and my love for Star Wars, and I love it. Thank you so much. Can, can confirm also. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So did anybody have any last words about uh, Celebration or anything like that? Any final tips, tricks, excitement, anything? We're good? No. Break your heels in if you're wearing heels. Oh, my God. (laughs) If you're wearing heels, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Buy a wig instead of doing what I did and dyeing your hair and hoping for the best. There you go. (laughs) It's all like that. So we'll go ahead and we'll close it out. So thank you everyone for listening or watching to another episode of Kessel Run Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review and we will read it on a future episode. You can also find us on social media at Kessel Run Weekly, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as our website, KesselRunWeekly.com. And Cheyenne, why don't you kick us off? Where can they find you on the socials? You can find me on Instagram at cjerica. That's C, the letter, J-E-R-R-I-C-A. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I'm not real great at it, but it's cjerica95. Switching it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, my blog is cheyennehoover.wordpress.com. I believe that's it. If you're really, really interested in seeing more of my professional um, like photography and videography, it's Panthera. Um like big cat scientific name, panthera.pb.studio. Um, there's a whole explanation behind that that I won't bore you guys with. I thought you were saying Spanish. I was like, oh, Panthera, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me, it's at, uh, yeah, I don't really use Twitter much. 
But Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Le Geeky Life with two eyes. And yeah, that's about it. I'm excited. And I cannot wait to meet you guys and celebrate. Yeah. So pumped. I'm excited. <laughs> so cool, guys. So we'll go ahead and we'll close it out. And until next time, my name is Danny. I'm Cheyenne. I'm Anna. And may the force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>